What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net, where you can get all your show reviews, concert photos, and going-ons in the rock and metal world. And with me, as always, is Daniel Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm I'm freezing. I can't feel my toes right now, but uh, uh, accor- according to the doctor, that, that feeling will start coming back soon. So one could argue that you have become so numb. Yeah, I mean, I just, I can't see you there, and I don't know, it's just... Do you find yourself going outside and, and saying, it's cold, it's so cold? Yeah, I mean, we are. <laughs> um, I just, actually, I don't know if I know any more lyrics to that song. <laughs> Only remember the hook. The super metal guy over here only remembers the hook. Fair enough. Speaking of hooks and metal and hard rock and so forth, our guest is Mike Mushok of Stained in St. Asonia, uh, who had just released their latest album, Flawed Design, St. Asonia, that is. And, uh, yeah, this was kind of a fun one. Uh, came in relatively out of the blue and hopped at the opportunity to, to get to talk to someone that I've, I've long admired as a guitar player and, uh, for the bands that he's in. And, you know, the St. Nisonia record, uh, the first one, I thought was pretty good. But honestly, the whole time I was like, you know, I bet when this band gets a little bit more touring done under their belts and, you know, has time to write that second record, that's probably going to be the true, like, this is St. Nisonia and what they can become. And I uh, I definitely think they delivered on that idea of mine on this new record. Um, it's, it's super heavy. It's got really great hooks. Um, I was thoroughly impressed. Well, it's Mike Mushok. It's going to be heavy. The dude can't write anything that sounds uh, happy or light. I guess that's not entirely true looking at some of the stuff Stain did, but I always just assumed that all the happy and light stuff was all Aaron Lewis. That's funny. And all the, all the dark, evil stuff was Mike Mushok. Yeah, I guess I, I guess there's a little bit of that light and dark at play constantly, and I guess, you know, being a former Alice in Chains uh, tribute band, I mean, what better masters to learn from that than that band uh, in and of themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of kicking things off, though, I uh, went to Toledo... Uh, this past uh, Friday, as of when we're recording, which, uh, sorry, not sorry, the area we were in was pretty much a shithole. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Uh, that's how I really felt. It, it sucks. All right. Um, we went to go see Porter and the Atreyu dudes, uh, being that they were only a few hours away. It looks like you had a good time doing that, at least. Yeah, I did. The set list was fucking incredible. Uh, they were doing the 20 years of Atreyu, so they did the like fan pick set, which is like 21 songs or something like that. Oh. Just hearing so many great songs. I mean, I would pull out the set list, but I don't remember where it is exactly. But it's just, uh, it's one of those things like getting to hear stuff off of, you know, the curse. Like, I mean, straight up spoiler alert, but whatever, you can find this on the internet. Their three closers are three of the closers off of like the last uh, couple albums that they've done. So, I mean, you have uh, Five Like It and Chase with a Shot of Clarity uh off of the curse then you have untitled finale off of death grip on yesterday and then uh lip gloss and black off of uh suicide notes and butterfly kisses and i mean it's just one of those things like hearing those three songs back to back to back you're like jesus christ they played uh ain't love grand too didn't they oh yeah so fucking good that's the first atreyu first atreyu song i ever heard yeah it was uh it was one of those things like man they they just played some bangers uh you know they played blood children or at least, you know, I mean, that's just an intro, really. But it was still kind of cool to hear, like, that before, you know, Bleeding Mascara. Um, I don't know. It was really cool. It, the the venue was kind of a shithole, too. Um, 
As a, as a whole, was not very, not very impressed. Uh, got to hang out with Skyler from He Is Legend for a little bit, uh, catch up with him. Uh, I texted Corey from Norman Jean, and I was like, good luck being here. Uh, by the way, there's a mall like 15 minutes in one direction and a Whole Foods and some places to eat about 10 minutes away from here, but pretty much you are in the middle of nowhere. So enjoy Stop that. Stop and pack, uh, pack a, a tent and some camping supplies before you... Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the worst part was is they had all the bands get there at 10 a.m., and like I know Atreyu didn't go on until like eleven thirty PM. <laughs> so you're there for like twelve hours. Hope somebody brought some playing cards. <laughs> yeah. So uh Treyu was really tight. Whitechapel sounded really good. Um I don't know, Whitechapel's kinda weird, like 'cause it's like their their show sounds good, but it's like I feel like the energy just isn't there anymore to me. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just a personal thing of, of mine that's kind of weird. Um, while I was there, though, I went to the Whole Foods. I've never been to one. Uh, it was pretty interesting. Uh, and I found this beer, which, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm going to show it to Dan on the camera. It's It's got a frog. Hoppin' Frog Oatmeal Stout. Okay. Uh, it's a it's Boris the Crusher's Oatmeal Imperial Stout. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's available only in Ohio, apparently. And it's the uh, GABF Gold Medal Winner Imperial Stout category from in 2008 and 2011. So I decided to go ahead and get this. Oh, oh my God. So Boris stands for Bodacious Oatmeal Russian Imperial Stout. That's, wow. That's, okay. That's terrible. <laughs> That's horrific. Is this made by a Russian company? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's almost a ten percent though, so Well, I mean that's never a bad thing. You get you get where you need to get going a lot quicker. Yeah, sure. So let's uh let's see how this Ohio Toledo Ohio beer is. That might be the best thing to have come from my time in Ohio other than the Atreyu show. <laughs> that was pretty good. That's pretty solid. Yeah. That's yeah. a it's a pretty solid beer. Um definitely a lot of times when you get like these Imperial stouts and so forth, you kinda get like that uh I always think of like what my wife refers to it like that that uh that like barrel aged kind of flavor to it. Um, I get a little bit of that, but I definitely get a, a really strong oatmeal presence, which a lot of times I feel like it's lost when you do an imperial uh, style of anything. Like the the sure what the flavor is supposed to be kind of gets lost in the in the translation there. Um, so this is actually pretty solid. Um, you, you get a full ro- full well rounded body of the the oatmeal, the imperial stout flavor, the stout flavor itself. Um. I definitely think I, I, I might have, have had better, um, but I mean, considering this is like a, a beer that I don't have around here and can't just get, like, it's pretty solid. Um, I went to Founders this weekend, which I know they're kind of on the cancel culture right now. Um, right. They had some delicious beers and there was no one there and I felt kind of bad, but um, they're, they still make great beer. Um, you can say what you want about the business practices. You can say that by me going uh, there and supporting you know them with my dollars that you know I support their their shitty behaviors and so forth. Um, I don't know. I think if you've listened to this podcast where we talk about the the separation of an artist from the things that the people do, I think you kind of know where, where I lie on this. But uh, no, Founders has got some delicious ass beers right now. Um, they just announced and or released. I don't know if it was a release or just the announcement. Uh, KBS Espresso. Okay. So I think I have to go back and go get at least a bottle of that. Or two. Yeah, you know, we'll see if they're $25 each again. Right. It's it's different when I only have to pay like $6 for a little sample. I'll have to dig into some of that discography discussion Patreon money, right? <laughs> I, I think anybody that thinks that some of that money doesn't go towards our beer fund is delusional. Well, you know. <laughs> so, you know. 
uh, something interesting that hasn't actually happened to me personally this week, but has been happening to a lot of my friends. I don't know if you're a uh, Starflyer 59 fan or not. I don't even know what uh, that is. Oh, wow. Okay, well. Does it have anything? Oh, I was going to say, does it have anything to do with that fireball that went over your area last night? No, no. Um, those, yeah. That's interesting too. I'll get to that in a minute. But uh no, so Starflyer 59 is a legendary Tooth and Nail Records band. Um they started off playing kind of like a um I don't know. I I guess the word shoegaze is the way to put it with their music and they're really popular in the 90s and continue to be popular today. They went in kind of more of a, a general um like indie rock kind of sound. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the band, but I do love their first uh, their first three records or so. And uh, Tooth and Nail Records just released their um, album Gold on uh, on vinyl, and there was like a big buzz about it. And it was like a thirty five dollar record, you know, like two LPs and everything like that. Dude, somebody at Merch Now done messed up because people are getting these and the sleeves are not glued together. Oh wow! Properly, uh, a couple of records are showing up with double labels on them. Uh, one guy got just two LPs of the first LP, so he didn't have actually have the second half of the record. These dudes are opening it up, and it literally looks like somebody took these records to a golf course and was like was like putting off of the <laughs> off of the records. Uh, Wait, did you say it was Merch Merch Now or Merch Live that did this? Merch Now. I think they're the ones that are responsible for the, the fuck-up with the Eated Lotines uh, press, that first pressing. That's, I mean, it sounds entirely possible. Uh, this was a huge disappointment for people. I mean, like, I think it, it's to the point now where almost more people have gotten bad records than good. Um, there's, like, a really noticeable pop on, like, um, in one spot on almost every single uh, record. And uh, a lot of people bought these because there was variants. So there was, like, a gold variant and a black variant, you know, and, and all that. And people were buying, like, five or six copies of them. And now they're like, well, I've got these five or six copies, and I, you know, I don't want to sell them on eBay, or I don't want to sell them, you know. Not that I have any respect for flippers anyway. They can all burn in hell. But um, but people that are just trying to get rid of them later on down the line for whatever reason, they can't sell these records sealed. Like, they're going to have to open them up and look at them and see, you know. And uh, it's just been a huge disaster. And uh, all i got to say, man, is uh, Tooth and Nail needs to, uh, like, they need to do something to make it right. You know, unfortunately, even if it's not directly their fault, um, they are the label to put it out. So, um, yeah, so that, that's that been a big thing. And then, yeah, so we had a meteor shower last night uh, in St. Louis. I've seen a couple of videos of it so far. And because, uh, you know me, I was just in my basement. I was up pretty late last night and I didn't see it. But, uh, yes, people thought it was like the end of the world or something. <laughs> it was, uh, it was like, uh, like the, uh, like the war of the worlds broadcast. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I saw something about it on the news today and thought it was kind of a uh, cool and especially going over the, the shot of it going basically over the arch, uh, from the skyline view that they got yeah. of it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that's the video I saw too. It was really cool looking. So yeah, there's that. And, uh, you know, we'll stop blabbering and get into my conversation with Mike Bushock of St. Esonia and we'll talk to you when we get back. So 
So I had the pleasure of talking to Mike Mushok of St. Estonia. Uh, some of you might be familiar with his other little band, Stained, uh, but St. Estonia uh, released their latest album, Flawed Design, out now via Spine Farm Records. We are a day away from the first full week of an album being out. How does it feel to finally get this album out there for everyone to hear? I'm excited, you know what I mean? We worked, you know, as everybody does, we worked hard on it, and it's, you know, it's good for it to just, you know, finally be out there and be available and, uh, you know, give everybody the opportunity to, uh, you know, hopefully enjoy it. You know, this might be an, an odd parallel to make, and, and it was one that I don't know if I'm making because, <laughs> because of my age uh, or not, but this feels kind of like the, the growth from dysfunction to break the cycle for Stain, but it feels like that for you guys more in the sense of finding the, stri- the stride in the band and what works for you guys and, and just really kind of gelling together in a more comprehensive manner does it did it feel kind of like that to you kind of having gone through something like that already previously sure i mean i think that that's uh i think that that's a you know a good example you know what i mean uh i i mean listen you, you you hopefully grow as a band right and um get to the point where you know it, it's it's time to do that record and everybody feels good about where they are and and what you're doing and you know I take that next step that you, that you have to take, you know? Um, so, you know, we, we kind of had a chance to kind of feel each other out before we had to go out and play some shows and, you know, then it's time to kind of come back and, and relook at things and, and see where, where it's going to go from there. So, um, you know, and this, this record took a little while. I mean, I see, you know, it was really different to make this, and actually in any record I've made, you know, so, um, and they're all a little bit different, you know, but, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I'm happy with the way that it turned out. And I think that, you know, that, that time, you know, helped everything, you know, it, it helped Adam, it helped the band. I mean, it just, you know, I think on all of those things come together to make what you, what you hear. Absolutely. You know, it was kind of funny because, you know, I'm so inundated with basically prepping for interviews and such that I don't really listen to radio or pay attention to a whole lot of what's going on with band socials and so forth until it's time to, like, immerse myself in the prep for that. And in listening to the record when I first got it, you know, The Haunted, or The Hunted, I'm sorry, it was kind of one of those where I was like, God damn, this should be, like, a fucking lead-off single, like, this is so monstrous, and then when I finally went back and checked the socials, I was like, well, son of a bitch, I guess I was right. That's why they probably <laughs> led with it. But all of that being said, you know, I was kind of surprised, you know, it's taken you specifically this long to work with Sully on something, given the fact that you guys did the tour right before Break the Cycle and when they were on a, the Awake album cycle and you guys did the Mass Chaos tour, like, almost a decade later, that I was just kind of surprised to realize that even with his solo stuff or just in general, that you guys haven't worked together before now. No, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and yeah, for whatever reason, it, you know, it hasn't, it hadn't happened, but I've uh, been friends for, I mean, for a long time. And I remember playing uh, a local stage on a war, like in 98, you know what I mean? And uh, they were, they were starting to, you know, in Northampton mass and they were kind of starting to, you know, do their thing. There was a station in Boston that really propelled them. I think that, getting their deal done and uh they just took i mean they just took off and haven't stopped you know which is amazing um been happy for those guys but uh yeah i mean been friends with them for a long time and, and actually that song was written on on a St. godsmack tour i mean i had some music and i was just trying to write with some other singers and 
uh, Sully was somebody that, like you know, like you said, he's just. Uh, I'm not sure he gets enough credit for how talented he really is. I mean, he's he's just such a great. I mean, he's a, he's a fantastic drummer, guitar player, songwriter, and he's just the singer as well. You know what I mean? He's just, you know, he's just a really talented, talented guy. You know, and uh, uh, just happy to have him on the song and and you know I've written it with him. You know, so um, yeah, great, great dude. You know, I've talked with uh, Mixie of Stitched Up Heart, who they took out on tour with them recently. And, uh, you know, I was talking to her, and I'll kind of pose the same question to you. You know, what is it kind of like working with someone like Sully? Because I, th- I think very much like you were just saying, he doesn't get credit for how great of a songwriter he is, a multi-instrumentalist in his own right, and very skilled at almost everything it seems like he does. So what was working like with him like for you, you know, someone that's able to kind of grab a guitar or go behind the drum kit or maybe even get on a piano or something and just kind of help you write and flesh out ideas. Sure. No, it was, it was cool. I mean, listen, him and I put this song together. It was years ago at this point. This has been kicking around for a little bit. So, um, you know, but that day was was fun. I mean, you know, we had we had a structure of a song. He had some ideas of, you know, where he wanted it to go. And I mean, it's, it's listen, it's kind of the same with you know, when I write with anybody, it's like you're open to what they hear, what they want and them to put their, their mark on what the song is. And, you know, and Adam did the same thing. You know, when we, when we kind of revisited this song for this record, it's like, oh, well, you know, we might want to change it a little bit. So there were some, you know, some parts that went away. There were some parts that changed, you know. But at the end of the day, it was, you know, just a newer version of kind of what we started with. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully better. And, uh, yeah, so that's what you end up that's what you end up having. You know, something I wanted to comment on, and, and I hope you don't t- take offense to this, because uh, it sounds like a backhanded compliment, and I totally don't mean it to be. But goddamn, your guitar tone on this record is just fucking thick and monstrous. Uh, oh, cool, man. And I feel like it's it's more clear than I've really heard it on any of your record previous recorded outwork output. Um you know, I'm kind of wondering, like, are you using, were you using different gear on this one? Like, I know I was looking no. at, no, still the same, like the diesel no. through the Marshalls yeah. and all that? Well, no, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I've, you know, there's only so many amps out there, you know what I mean? It's like, don't tell um, Kemper that <laughs> I, yeah, no. Right. I, uh, um, I mean, one of the, one Paul Reed Smith did send me some amps, which were great. And I did use those on some of this stuff. Um, but no, a lot of it, a lot of the rhythm stuff is the same. I mean, I, that's that diesel ZH4 I use a ton. Um, and, you know, the other one that I use a ton, the amp that I, I really love and I've used it on the last few records is that uh, Fender EVH. Oh, okay. 100 watt. I, I, even that cabinet that comes with it. I mean, you know, I mean, Eddie Van Halen, besides being the greatest guitar player ever, uh, you know, <laughs> he's got a great amp, man. I mean, it's, you know, that, that tone that he has is, you know, it's probably the best, one of the best guitar tones ever too, is, if you ask me. But, uh, and those amps are just great. I mean, you can, you know, stock amp three and all the channels are, are, you know, useful. Great. So I use that trucker last few records. Yeah. It, it was kind of funny. Cause in getting to talk to, you know, some of the people like, you know, Michael Wilton from, uh, Oh man, I'm blanking now. Queensrÿche. Uh, yep, Queensrÿche. Queensrÿche. And uh, Red Beach of Winglinger and White Snake and so forth. And, you know, kind of a lot of the guitar players I talk to and a lot of the people are more into Kempers and Axe Effects and so on and so forth. And I totally get it, especially if you're an internationally touring band. It probably is more cost efficient to have those. And, and I have I have a fractal and I use them for fly dates. But if I can have a real amp, I want the real amp. 
So that leads me to another question I actually was going to ask you in writing this record, just writing in general, because I'm old and I remember buying the 14 Shades of Grey and that came with the DVD and there was a little bit of the just random band stuff, kind of like a documentary. And you're like, oh, you know, business Mike, you know, and you're talking about recording on this this tape recorder, literally a tape recorder that you had been yeah. using for forever. And it kind of had made me wonder... Yeah. Do you still use that, or are you kind of more now like, I'll use my voice memo app or whatever, or, you know, it just made me wonder if you're my, my analog still or well, not. Well, I'll tell you a funny story. It was my Sony One Track, and, uh, yeah, I, I carried it around, and I have I have shoe uh, boxes filled with cassettes with ideas <laughs> that I put down. And uh, I think the day that I walked into an office, Max, and I asked a girl working there because – I couldn't find cassettes anywhere anymore. And I said, hey, where can I find cassettes? And she didn't know what a cassette was. <laughs> that was the day I said, I think I need to try and figure out something else. Cause these aren't even going to be around anymore for me to buy. So, uh, no, I have a little Pro Tools set up and, you know, know enough on it to, uh, to be able to get around and uh, catalog all my ideas uh, in that. And, it's, you know, and it's super easy. I mean, you know, there's some, some great plugins. You can get a, a decent, decent enough guitar sound to be, I mean, because a lot of times a guitar, I mean, a guitar sound or tone inspires me. Playing through a loud amp is inspiring standing there. If you're, it sounds great. You know what I mean? It can inspire you to come up with stuff. And I mean, some of the plugins are pretty good, you know, and, uh, and I still have amps here that I, I play through, but not as much. A lot of times it's just headphones through Pro Tools and that's, that's how I'll write, you know, and just put everything into that. It was just kind of funny in thinking about that, and like I said, I think a lot of it is my age, you know, being in my mid-30s myself, and just thinking about how a lot of these intangibles kind of are going away, and, you know, the getting in the room and jamming, like getting in front of your amp and jamming, like I just bought, you know, a brand totally. new guitar, a new cab, like I'm getting ready to buy a new head, but it was kind of crazy to sit there and be like, I've always wanted this Mesa 4x12 slanted cab, and now I have it, and it's loud as shit, and it's probably more than I'll ever need, but just to feel the balls behind it was inspiring yeah, and no. it made me kind of want to start playing again and start writing. And I, I mean, like... honestly, no, sure. And, and even, even when we did this record, you know what I mean? Like there was a lot of sending songs and ideas back and forth to get it to where it needed to be. And, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, happened was when we were actually, uh, you know, going to record it, we actually got in a room and played the songs and, I mean, once we, it was the same thing. It was like standing in front of my rig and playing is like, okay. I, you know what I mean? I, I was definitely more inspired, more into it and got, got more excited about it. I think too, you know what I mean? Just being able to stand there and play it actually as a band. Yeah. You know, something, and you know, I was trying to not necessarily bring up a whole lot about Stain, but there were interesting parallels that I, I noticed. And, you know, when Santa Sonia started, you know, the thing that was kind of interesting to me about it was the fact that, you know, Adam is an accomplished guitar player in his own right, you know, with Three Days Grace stuff. And then obviously Aaron, through the progression of the band, has kind of become his own, come into his own as a guitar player, mainly playing most of the set with you uh, uh, yep. on those last handful of tours and so forth, or album cycles, I should say. And it kind of mm -hmm. has made me wonder, playing with vocalists who are able to play guitar and kind of write with you, has that changed how you write, or do you still kind of write the same way as you always have? No, I kind of just do what I do, you know what I mean? And, and I realize that, you know, I, it kind of gives me a little bit more freedom, though, to do other things and maybe feel like I can 
add some different layers that I'd want to add and realize that there's somebody there that can help me cover what those might be, you know? So, um, so if anything, I think it's, you know, it's kind of helped and, you know, uh, help the band, you know, kind of expand and grow a bit. Speaking to kind of the beginning of the, the St. Asonia stuff, I, I know in the beginning and a lot of bands kind of do think damage plan even did this, you know, where they would play some Pantera stuff or whatever. And right. obviously when you, you have only a record to go and you're probably asked to do a headlining set, you got to pull from some three days, great stuff and some stain stuff. Are you excited to get out and play now that you have another record's worth of material and you, you kind of don't have to maybe fall back onto that at all? I don't know. I mean, the other stuff is always fun for me to play too. You know what I mean? I enjoy it. I mean, you know, you know, it's cool. Is it, it always gets a good response too. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, I mean, it's kind of fun to do. So it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Uh, we just did a Santa Sonia show. We only did one three days grace on, you know, we did stick to mostly our stuff, you know, but I mean, I, I think that for me, I mean, that's, you know, that's Adam's stuff on that stuff. That's his voice. You know what I mean? He played a big part in that. So, um, and I think it'd probably be more so just doing three days gray stuff now. I mean, especially since, um, Stain's actually done some gigs again, at least at that time we, you know, there was no, um, there was, I mean, there was talk of us playing, but nothing ever came of it. You know what I mean? So, uh, but now that we've actually done some gigs, so, uh, and it's, I don't know, I've always been, a, I mean, listen, part of the reason that I was doing this is I've always been a huge fan of Adam and, and what he did before. So to be able to play those songs is actually, is actually a lot of fun. You know, I think you're, <laughs> I think you're in a unique position that maybe only Slash and Corey Taylor, um, understand in having two bands who fans are just eagerly awaiting anything that comes out from you guys, whether it be new music or shows. Well, that's a great, that's great company. Yeah. <laughs> How has uh, finding success in two separate bands been for you? I know that's kind of, you know, some people try and they, they definitely don't achieve that. And I think you're, you're one of the very fortunate few that has two bands that people, like I said, are just champing at the bit ready for new things from you guys. Oh, cool, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, listen, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't planned. I mean, I, I was just really trying to find, you know, what to do while, you know, you know, stained wasn't, you know, wasn't working. And I, you know, was fortunate enough to, to find, you know, one of my other favorite singers out there to be able to write with. And, uh, you know, I've been able to do that, you know, so, um, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's really, I feel very fortunate to be able to be, you know, in this position and, and playing with, with both of those guys for sure. Now, I know some people may may not be aware of this, but, uh, you know, you grew up on, you know, the 80s shredders and so forth and are quite versed in that as well, whether you're playing necessarily shows it or not. Will there ever be something, a project you do, where you kind of more fully indulge in that spectrum of things? Maybe do a, a quote-unquote solo record, where like Slash kind of did with the, what would become the Conspirators and so forth, but where you have different musicians and vocalists and so forth on it? Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, it's funny. I, you know, I, I kind of get a little bit of, of an outlet on that. In fact, I'm actually going to have lunch with him shortly, but a friend of mine does uh, all the licensing for ESPN, and it's, it's like a town over from where I live. And, uh, so he's asked me to write, you know, stuff for, for them, for like, you know, you know, pet music that they use in the background or whatever. So, I mean, I kind of get a chance to, to do that, you know, for him, but I've never put any of it out other than give it to him. Um, but, uh, you know, I've thought of that. I mean, it's in, in the, these things that have kind of come in, in, 
you know, as I said, once Kane kind of stopped doing our, you know, put out a record tour, you know, take a break, put our record for defense. And what am I going to, okay, now what am I going to do, you know, and uh, trying to find things that uh, didn't take me away from the family and put me, put me on the road, you know, a year and a half. Um, you know, so those things take up time too. But I, there's so many ideas and stuff kicking around. And I, you know, and like I, I mentioned the Pro Tools thing, it'd be, it would be pretty, I'm not going to say it'd be easy, but I just don't know who would care if I put out, <laughs> I would probably put out like an, an instrumental record is what I would probably do. You know, and I, I have, I've actually played with it and thought about it. And I guess, you know, it probably wouldn't even have to be a record. I mean, I could probably just do a few songs or something, you know what I mean, in this day and age. And, but it would really just kind of be for me, I guess. And so the problem is, is that with, you know, I have a hard enough time keeping up with what I have to do now that adding any more to it would be, would be a little bit difficult. I think my wife would kill me. Kind of speaking to the ESPN thing. You know, obviously, you being from Mass and all that kind of stuff. Who do you think is going to stay undefeated at this point? The the Patriots or the Niners? Well, I mean, it's obviously not the Niners. So, <laughs> oh, that's right, they lost, didn't they? I'm sorry, I've been so wrapped up in no, the they World ha- Series. No, no, oh. they haven't. No, no, they haven't lost. No, 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 they haven't lost. They haven't. But I'm just saying, it's that you know, I'm obviously a Patriots fan, and you know, in in my mind, there's nobody better. And uh, <laughs> I'm the entitled New England, the entitled New England fan. As I say, as a as a Michigander, I can definitely tell you that none of us knew that Tom Brady was going to be this great. <laughs> oh, dude! I mean, who did, right? I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, just unbelievable what uh, what that guy is has done. And uh, kind of been wrapping up because I know they got you for a few more minutes. You know, you, you talked about the louder than life set that you guys played uh, in Stained and so forth. And something that I was kind of interested in after you hearing hearing you on the Josta show was talking about the production. But now finally having gotten to see it, how was it playing a Stained set with that much production behind you? You know, it uh, for for me, I mean, I I kind of just do my thing, so I don't really pay a lot of attention to it. You know, um, but I think that it's just more entertaining for the fan and the audience, you know, and, and actually having, you know, talked to people that have seen us a bunch of times, you know, some of the hometown shows that we did a couple at the casino down here. Um, you know, that was really the response. They're just like, Oh my God, that was the coolest show. I've seen. You know what I mean? So I think that was, uh, I think it was good. And I think it, you know, it was kind of a, a different thing for us to kind of go out there with, you know, with, with all that production and, you know, the response was really good on it, and I think people enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, it was it was cool to be able to do. And lastly, I, I know you're not big on, on social media. I don't. I think there's a fan account of Instagrams <laughs> that hasn't been done in over a year. But um, where that's can, not me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it does say fan account. Um, but yeah. where can people follow the band, and, and what are you – I mean, I would assume you're going to kind of kick things off next year, I would assume, really, really ramping up that, the tour and so forth. yeah. That's really what it is at this point. We did, we did this one show. There was supposed to be another with uh, Coheed and Cambria, but unfortunately the drummer has to have a surgery. And uh, they canceled their show, so we're not – That's not that one went away. Um, and I just you know, wish the best for him, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we're looking at next year. There was a couple of things this year that just, just didn't work out. And so I guess you know, we're, we're aiming to try to figure out what's going to be It'll make the most sense next year. And, you know, uh, we, you know, Adam and I have done a bunch of, you know, radio visits and playing songs for them. And, you know, if there's more of those that pop up, we'll do that just to try to, you know, keep people 
realizing that there's a new record out there. Yeah, I think that's a whole other podcast you could do on how the music industry has changed since the last record you put out. Um, but oh, sure. <laughs> but uh, thanks for taking sure. the time, and uh, really enjoyed the record, and appreciate you taking the time. Awesome. And, uh, Thank you. Hopefully, uh, maybe we'll get to do another one of these when you, you do one of the aforementioned tours, and maybe they'll come around Michigan. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Uh, looking forward to it, and uh, thank you for the support. So that was my conversation with Mike Mushock of St. Asonia and Stained. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. I, <laughs> this is one of the first interviews I'd done uh, at my new job on my lunch break. I did this in my car, and a couple of times I think the internet kind of went out, but uh, I don't think it really affected anything too much. So it makes me feel good because I, as of when we're recording this, will be, hopefully, if everything goes correctly, I'll uh, be talking to Tommy Victor a prong tomorrow. So I'm hoping Sweet. for a good internet connection <laughs> again. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this, I don't know, this is just fucking wild, you know, getting to do this podcast. And I feel like, you know, unbeknownst to a lot of people, I have kind of said to Dan, you know, I feel like we're a couple of, like, decent names away from being able to kind of get more decent names at a consistent basis. And, you know, I really think the the Brian Head Welch one was kind of that, like, turning point for us. And, you know, to be able to talk to someone like Head from Corn and to talk to Mike from Stained and, you know, starting to talk to a lot of these people that we've long admired their their discographies for and just the, the musicianship and what they've done for us as, as people and as musical fans and so forth. It's just, it's kind of crazy. And it's like, you know, I'm sitting there going like, man, I'm fucking talking to Mike <laughs> of Stained, like one of the bands that was like my first show is seeing corn and stained and mindless self-indulgence like so i mean like this is a little bit of a, of a different one for me where it was kind of hard not to not to ask some stained questions which i tried to to ask them in the relevance of saint asonia so it's like when i was like oh in 14 shades of gray you have this like <laughs> this fucking sony tape player and you know <laughs> are, are you still using that to, to write and record nowadays when people probably just send each other files and shit or are you kind of like caught up um so i mean some people might sit there and say, you know be like oh you kind of fanboyed out a little bit too much but uh i think i'd you know try keeping it under control i don't even worry about it anymore like, like whether I'm going to fanboy out or not, if I'm going to, I'm just going to. I guess. And, you know, I, I don't feel like we fanboy out, you know, too much. Like, we've never asked anybody, oh, my God, do you know who you are? Or do you remember that time you did this thing on guitar on that album on, you know, two minutes into the track? That was awesome. You know, like, hasn't been that. But, uh, you know, I'm sure if we get the right person, uh, I could devolve into that. <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that because uh, I realized, you know, if you listen to Just, if you listen to a lot of these other music-based podcasts, you, you've heard this term, Punishers, before. And it's definitely one of those things where uh, at the show, the Atreus show this past weekend, um, there were a bunch of people coming up to Skyler from He Is Legend. And, you know, there was somebody that <laughs> was just like, oh, man, do you remember, like, this one tour with Haste the Day and Still Remains and it was at blah, blah, blah? And he was like, he goes, I do kind of remember that show, but I remember that tour because uh, there weren't a whole lot of dates. And it was just one of those things, like, when that person walked away, it was like, do you remember that one time that you said that one thing on stage when you were on this tour? And then I was like, God, like, you know, it's cool, like, I think uh, Jericho says it quite a bit uh, when talking about Dio, his time, you know, learning about Dio, where he's like, you know, Dio would always constantly sign stuff for people because he's like, you know, that that basically is just a minute for you, but it's like, you know, a forever moment basically for everybody else. And I and I butchered the the quote or whatever, but I mean, the sentiment is still there, and it's one of those things where I definitely think like. 
it's interesting to kind of see it in that perspective where I'm like, oh, God, that would be so hard to, like, deal with every single day, like, someone coming up and asking you questions like that. But I think the flip side of that is, is, you know, you, you kind of have to have a little bit of a that sense of like understanding of like what it's like is I'm sure like at the end of the day, these people are, are fans too. And I definitely wanted to ask Mike a little bit about, uh, you know, getting to play with, with, uh, Jason Newstead. But I, I think in light of, uh, the news that was made <laughs> from what he talked about the last time, I just kind of steered away from it just because I did want it to seem like I was trying to, you know, make a headline out of it. Right. Well, I, there's definitely something to that, though, as far as, you know, the, it's a minute for you, but it's a lifetime for somebody else. Because, like, I mean, we, I, like, I don't know about you, John, but, like, I even deal with that uh, on the podcast sometimes, where I'll get an email from somebody that's like, hey, you know, you said this on, um, you said this on episode 14. And, like, I'm 144 episodes on one podcast in, and I'm probably almost to 100 episodes or more on this podcast now. So it's like trying to remember what I said, <laughs> you know, two years ago or or something like that. You know, a lot of times I'll have to go back and listen to the uh, listen to the episode to even remember what I said, what the context was, you know, any of that. And so it, it definitely, I could see it being frustrating for people. It's like, if somebody walked up to me all the time, it's like, hey, do you remember that time that you had McDonald's <laughs> 10 years ago? And I'm going to be like, yeah, and, you know, it, it tasted just like McDonald's does now. Like, there's something maybe to that. But, you know, like, uh, yeah, like, I, I definitely understand. I remember I saw a, um, oh, my goodness, it was a uh, it was a Project 86 concert, which coincidentally was also with Haste the Day. Uh, and uh, there was this dude standing there wanting to talk to the lead singer of Project 86, and, you know, he had the, the band's first album, which had come out, I don't know, like 15 years prior to the date of that show. And uh, the dude's standing there with the lyrics books, and he's like, what did you mean by this? Or I thought it was really cool when you said this. And he's like, you know, what was this song really about? And the singer's like, hey, man, it's really awesome. That's really old school. Like, you didn't really know what to say. Like, you know, uh, I wrote that album 15 years ago, man, and, you know, probably several years prior to that, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh it's just funny and like and it's not to make fun of fans i mean like really what we do on the podcast asking questions like we do is really a little bit more i guess socially acceptable form of that yeah you know um but the big difference is is that you just don't want to um feel like you feel like you're hassling somebody about something or like you said john trying to get a headline based on something that had already gotten popular or just ask a question that you know that, that person gets asked every single time they're spoken to by anyone. Yeah, and I think the thing too, and I tried to keep the staying questions to a minimum, but I mean, it's it's so hard when Saint Sonia basically hasn't been doing much uh, in light of prepping for this record. Stain just played uh, all these festivals, you know, for the first time in a couple of years. So it's like it's kind of hard. Like you're in this. You know, Mike's in this really interesting in-between period where it's like, yeah, you're promoting this new record. However, you also seemingly are, are getting ready to fire up this other thing. But neither band really have much beyond the shows that just happened. Like, as you were saying, with uh, the drummer from uh, Coheed having that surgery, was it surgery? I don't remember what exactly. I know he had like a, like he fainted or something. Yeah, yeah, it was something bad. Um, But when Josh, the drummer from Coheed, you know, they basically had to cancel all those tours, so, like, now St. Asonia's not... I think they're playing one show, and that's it for the rest of the year. So it's like, the few shows they had planned are gone. So it's like, okay, I can't really talk to you about <laughs> about shows that you aren't gonna play, and I can at least talk about, you know, with what Stan did, and I think the thing, too, is 
I mean, potentially those are some of the biggest shows Stain probably has ever played. Yeah, yeah, more than likely, even though it's hard not to think of them as like a worldwide band because they absolutely were that. But some of these festivals, man, are outrageously uh, huge. Like the turnouts are incredible. And I think that's just because we don't have a festival every month anymore. Um, You know, and a lot of these bands, you know, are making appearances and some of them may not, some of the bigger bands may not necessarily make that many public appearances at all like stained isn't on tour they just did some festivals you know yeah yeah that's the uh been the interesting thing um trying to think of some of the other music news that we haven't touched on uh that's been kind of popular but i mean it's actually been kind of a slow week so far yeah yeah there hasn't been a whole lot of craziness uh we already talked about the uh the member of um walls of jericho that had all the marijuana in it so yeah that'll be on uh last episode with doc coil uh we talked about that so yeah, yeah, it's been a rather slow news week, which is kind of nice. Um, you know, it's not having people show up with a half ton of marijuana in their vehicles. I mean, I don't think it would be the worst thing that ever happened to me, but yeah. Uh, yeah. You can just drop all deliveries off at my house, you know. It's <laughs> fine. So with that said, we'll uh, kind of wrap this one up. If you would like to keep up with St. Nasonia, it's pretty easy. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. St. Nasonia, all one word. You can go to com and have that be your catch-all for everything going on with the band, tour dates, so on and so forth. Uh, as you heard Mike say at the end there, it looks like uh, 2020 is going to be when they start announcing a lot more of the touring and the dates and so forth. So if they come to your area, go check them out. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with Metal Nexus, you could do such at MetalNexus.net, Facebook at Metal Nexus, Instagram at Metal.Nexus, Twitter at Metal underscore Nexus, and Dan will tell you where he can be found. I can be found on Twitter at Discuss Metal Dan. I can be found on Facebook under Daniel Terry. Uh, I can be found on Gmail at Discuss Metal Dan, gmail.com. Uh, I can be found on my other podcast, Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. I'm all over the place, man. I'm probably standing right behind you right now. <laughs> and uh, if you would like to keep up with all things this podcast, you can find us simply enough at Bruce Speak Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check out our YouTube channel. We have some videos of us doing some of these interviews in person when they are applicable. And uh, head on over to our Patreon. Support us monetarily if you'd be so inclined. Uh, if you would like to support us non-monetarily, you can rate, review, subscribe. Just share the episodes really is all we ask. Uh, there's probably a button somewhere on your podcatcher. Hit the button. Leave a review. Let it be honest. If you hate the show, let us know. Uh, at least let it be constructive criticism because uh otherwise it's just more or less funny at that point we're just gonna laugh at it yeah yeah and uh if you would like to keep up with our show sponsor the bean bastard you can head over to beanbastard.com get you some delicious coffee which i just got my package in the mail the other day i'm very much looking forward to diving into all the things i got i have a espresso candle a bourbon barrel aged coffee candle a coffee scented uh soap like literally literally a bar of soap i have three bags of coffee very much looking forward to using all these products because uh last time all this shit just sat on my desk and i really wanted to fucking use it so now i'm going to so give them your hard-earned money because they deserve it they support us over here and uh for the brutally speaking podcast i am john and i am dan we will talk to you all next week